let's go. Let's go. On a Thursday, it's the Plank Show. We're on the road at Caven's Group. Caven's Emergency Response. Now, we have seen a, pardon the pun, a boatload of water over the last 48 hours, if you will. Uh, looks like it's, oh, I see the sun. Looks like the sun's going to come out. We'll be good to go for the battle series tonight. And maybe for you, you've had a few issues where you notice some water intrusion in your offices, at your home. Cavens Group is here to help. Gary and his crew, emergency response, disaster response, have you covered at 405-573-3048. How are you on this Thursday, Josh? I'm doing good, man. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I did, since we played a little bit of it, and you and I played it in the final thoughts yesterday. It's still, for me, one of the wildest coin toss moments. I don't know if it will ever be top. One of the wildest moments I've ever been a part of. And it's, I guess it's talked about a little bit more today because this is, A, the last trip that Oklahoma will make to play football in Lawrence maybe ever. I mean, I, I know this is a, a long-standing rivalry. Oklahoma and Kansas have played a lot in the history of the two programs. But, I mean, as far as football is concerned, when I think about the teams you might play in the non-conference, I don't – maybe I should be thinking more about Tech or about uh, Kansas, Josh. I'm really not. So in this, in this pretty storied history, this might be it between these two teams. For some time, for sure, yeah. I mean, I guess a, a non-conference series could get scheduled at some point. But right. you, you wouldn't think that – no offense, you wouldn't think, hey, you would be at the top of that list maybe Correct for, for Oklahoma in terms of scheduling. So, bowl games, I mean, are they going to be going to the same bowl games? Possibly. Possibly. That's a possibility. But it got me thinking, you know – it's two teams that have been in the same conference and have played each other for a really, really long time. And Kansas not being very good, I think is a very kind way to put it, at football for a long time, set the tone for a very one-sided series. And, you know, it's, it's a year of lasts, I think. And it's kind of wild because in, in the two teams that Oklahoma has played maybe the most in Iowa State and Kansas, right? I mean, listen, Oklahoma State can have its thing. I mean, there's not even a talk about, oh, man, I wonder if they'll play each other again, or I wonder if, you know, that might be an opportunity. Um, Oklahoma and Kansas, the overall series record, Josh, 80-27-6. So what is that? Uh, this will be the 114th matchup between these two teams? I mean, that's... That's a significant chunk of history whenever you consider how, you know, we've seen constant movement between teams and conferences and non-conference games or conference games that are, are, aren't played. But yet no, nobody really talks about it, do they, outside of basketball? It's brought up in basketball. But in football, OU and Kansas may be playing down the road, just not even a topic. No. Uh, now, when you've won 17 in a row – that's true. That uh, that tends to make people probably less interested 
in seeing the game moving forward. But it is, yeah, I mean, a game that's been played for years and years and years. Kansas, Kansas has been a, let's see here. Uh, okay, that's not a good number because that's just going back to the Big 12. I was trying to think of Kansas's history in the Big 8. And I think it I think it goes back even well before then, right? I mean, let's see. Oh, see I made a terrible mistake in ready shoot aim from the top of the show whenever I was talking about the history of uh, of Kansas Athletics. But the point is more than anything else. They've been in the same conference for a long time. They've been together for a long time, and and yet this is probably it, right? First this... matchup, nineteen oh three. Thank you. How about do do you have how long they've been in the same conference together? Has it been since nineteen oh eight? Because Kansas was in the Big Six in nineteen thirty one. So again, I'm not breaking any news here to anyone, but just as far as historical perspectives, you're saying goodbye to a team that you've seen quite a bit. Now there was that lull. Whenever, starting in 96, where we had the North and South, and they wouldn't play each other every single year. So, I, I mean, you take that into account. What was that? Was that every two years you'd play them, and then you wouldn't for a couple years, and you'd play them? I, th- I think that's how it went with the North-South crossover whenever the Big 12 did that from its infancy until, you know, the uh, implosion in, in the realignment of losing Nebraska and Texas A&M and Missouri. But, yeah, I uh, – I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed my trips to Lawrence. There's always something that happens in those games that is um, either memorable or you can look back if you win or if you watched. And at the end of the year, you're like, oh, yeah, forgot about that in that game. Or I, it, It's funny for me, of all the crap that I've forgotten, Josh, in games that I've covered, it seems like the memories from Kansas are wild. I'll never forget. We went there in 2011. It was my very, very first year on the broadcast. And in 2011, that was the year that Ryan Broyles broke the all-time uh, career yardage record for a receiver. And what I'll never forget about 2011 was it was a little closer game than I think maybe many anticipated. But two things stay with me to this day. Number one, Ryan struggled. And, Ryan, if you're listening, you can back me up on this. Ryan struggled, maybe dropped a ball or two. Uh, early on in that game, and he took his gloves off and threw them in the trash. He took his receiving gloves off and threw them in the trash. Now, I don't know if he got a new pair or just went gloveless, but I'll never forget, I I thought to myself, I was like, you might want to grab those, but then I was like, ah, you know, George Costanza getting the, getting the long john out of the trash. You don't want to be viewed as that guy. But then whenever he broke the record, uh, you know, I, Kitty Mossman was the – media's re- relations guy at the time was like can he threw his gloves away so we might want to go get those <laughs> and i remember we're we're pilfering through the trash to try to find ryan Broyles' gloves which we found and then in the post game josh i remember at saying to coach it was one of my first great lessons i remember saying uh yeah because again it wasn't a pristine performance it was cold it was dreary and I remember saying, well, Coach Stoops, I guess any, any win's a good win, right? Just a, you know, a harmless question. And Coach looked at me, stared, he goes, why wouldn't it be? And that was where I was like, good point, good point. There was the year when we went there and Matt Diamond blocked a punt. Oklahoma couldn't get anything going in special teams. Matt Diamond blocked the punt. I always loved that kid. LeColton Bester, they had a, like a double reverse pass that went for a touchdown. When we weird things have happened, 
I, I don't have to remind everyone now of the coin toss or the, the crotch grab or Caleb taking the ball away and the fans storming from whatever the heck else they were doing outside of being at a football game on Saturday. It's it's a, it's a rivalry that, as one-sided as it is, Josh, it's had some weird moments in it. Something about Lawrence. Yes. Right? I mean, every time, yeah, we've gone there, There's there's been something – notable for the most part yeah that has happened so what's it gonna be this week Mm -hmm. i hope nothing i hope it's just cold and oklahoma wins by 50 and you know what i hope oklahoma wins by a touchdown or two I, i i could not care less about what this final score looks like with the way the weather looks and i'm telling you you know sometimes you'll get a weather forecast early in the week uh and then by the time you get to that Saturday, it's like, oh, oh okay, all right, that's fine. It's it's not going to be as bad as we thought. I don't know about you, Josh. I don't feel like I'm seeing any improvement of what it's going to look like on Saturday in Lawrence. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't look like it, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it doesn't seem as if there's anyone that's like, whoa, 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 hold on here. Actually, no, not the case. So it's the end of an era in football, not, I think, necessarily an era when you look back and a team's won 74% of the games that you say, oh, I'm going to miss this one, right? Oh, these were always some great games. But there's always these moments when OU plays Kansas that you're like, dang. I'm willing to bet that there's a handful of you that could bring up things from the 80s and the, the early 90s. I mean, shoot, man, we don't have to bring up one trip to Norman that took place. I mean, for one of the greatest teams ever, the Sooners turned the ball over like seven times, and Kansas somehow beat them, right? There's just this weird history between these two teams. So I'm I'm excited to go to Lawrence this week, and I'm not excited for the weather, but I am intrigued by a couple of things. And coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, we start diving into what we learned from Coach's Corner. So at 10.05, you'll hear from Jay Valai and Joe John Finley. And of the things that I'm excited to learn this week – There is a certain name, Josh, at the cornerback position, cornerback position, that Jay Valai talks about finally being healthy and excited to get him more involved in the rotation. Mm, Dive into that coming up here in mere moments. Plus, what is going on in the tight end position? Did we see a kind of a renaissance? Did we see a, a moment for Austin Stogner last week? Is there a freshman that couldn't end up in the mix? We'll dive into that. But when we come back, Josh, my goal is to stay on the clock on a Thursday. I made a New Year's resolution last night that I'm staying on the clock today. When we come back, it's a very simple question. It's something we ask a lot on this show, and it's something where we're always kind of trying to evaluate what's real, what isn't, what we've learned, what we haven't, what is a storyline, what is manufactured. Let's dive into some things we are looking for Saturday, some things we need to see. And then, of course, the most important question, has anything throughout the first, you know, Monday, Tuesday, three days of this show and the, you know, sun up to sundown coverage of the Sooners here on the ref that's changed your perspective, opinion, or kind of just interest is in the word, expectations for Saturday. We'll dive into that next. There's always... If you know what you want to talk about, you don't have to wait for us. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is always there for you, 405-651-3439. That's 
405-329-3439. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, 405-329-9000. And as always, you can find Josh and I on Twitter. He's at Josh on Rev. I'm at Plank Show. We're live from Cavens on Thursday. What we've learned this week next right here on The Ref. Oh, my gosh. Josh, we have reached potential trade talk projections on uh, national debate shows. Mike Tannenbaum, whose original doozy this year was that the Jets should trade for Matt Stafford, now has Saquon Barkley on his way to the Ravens. And yet he's not even on the show, but they're debating his potential. This is Why do I do this to myself? I told uh, T-Row during the crossover that I, I, I think I came to a realization last night because I watched a lot of the NBA without Twitter. Like I was watching the Thunder game. I watched the a majority of the Thunder game last night. It was really cool to see him. Uh, I watched a lot of the – what was the was – the, because the Nets looked like the Spurs last night with their uniform. It was the Nets and the Cavs. Watched a lot of that. I watched the Spurs afterwards and was watching Wimbenyama. But I think I came to realize something. I really like the NBA. I can't stand the talk around the NBA. Right? I heard you say that this morning on the crossover, and you nailed it. You absolutely I, nailed it. It's It's such a great league, but we have – we have, to me, diminished it by the way that we treat a single game in an 82-game season or the storylines, right? It was, for instance, yesterday. Just just quick for instance, and we'll get to the So You Stuff. Lakers are 0-1. And I watched, while we're in studio, I watched a 15-minute debate about whether or not the Lakers are uh, better this year than last year. I'm like, it's... It's one game. What are we? What are we doing right now? Let's. Uh, but I did. I did thoroughly enjoy it. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this team in 2023, 24. Thunder. That is. I think it's gonna be a good year. I think it's gonna be a good year for the NBA if it can get out of its own way. What do you, Josh Helmer? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a man of this happy. Uh, we're at Cavens Group. Cavens Environmental. Uh, emergency response, you know, water, fire, mold, hazmat, they've got you covered at cavensgroup.com. Is there anything that jumped out in either A, something that's changed your opinion about the matchup this week, B, maybe caught your eyes a storyline? I mean, what's what have you, in your opinion, learned about this game heading up to Saturday? I thought the punt return question was interesting yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about KU, but uh, I think what uh, I think I've thought about Kansas coming into this thing for a little while. Offense, one of the nation's best, incredible job that they've done there. Defensively, Oklahoma should be able to run the football a lot. They ought to be able to throw the football a lot, though. How how much will the weather factor into that? that you know, that's something that maybe has changed it a little bit. Is is just the weather? What type of factor is that? I think Oklahoma for the most part, will try to be and do what Oklahoma is and does. But uh, if you're throwing into a 20-mile-per-hour gust, okay, well, now the short passing game becomes a little bit more important, and obviously the, the run game does too. Yeah, I, I wrote something down here. I, I've got four things that I've either become more intrigued with or um, in, in, interested in seeing on on Saturday. And one of those is – Dylan Gabriel in cold slash wet weather. And I guess instead of just saying Dylan Gabriel, Josh, I guess that could fit with 
everybody, right? I yeah, mean, how about Jeff Levy, the way he calls it? Right. How is this game going to be called? Can the weather influence that? And let's be clear, outside of the the pro- uh, projected rain, I think in 17 when we were there, we had conditions like those that are being forecasted for this weekend. It was cold. It was windy. But I don't think we had the rain. And the thing that, you know, I remember was it we, we got off. Oklahoma got off to a slow start. They got off to a slow start. Now, they won the game going away, and you had, the you know, all the fallout afterwards. But, you know, it's sometimes you've got to get a feel for, all right, how is our – How's our, our team going to be in, in this kind of weather and how are we going to handle this type of situation? How are we going to handle if it gets wet here? Whatever. You know, there's a lot of questions that could come up. So DG in the cold and the wet weather and how the Sooners handle it. And then, you know, there, there's two in the weeds, I think, and there's one Captain Obvious. The two in the weeds, the right guard, quote-unquote, rotation. Is it a rotation or is it going to be Savion Bird? Because – in Caleb Schaefer, it just appeared, and again, it appeared that he struggled. So is that Savion Bird's job now? And is, you know, Matoyer, I don't think he's going to be back this weekend. I think that might be a bedlam conversation or post-bedlam conversation. But can Savion Bird be that guy there at right guard? Because I thought, you know, we went back and we're looking at the snaps, right? You had three of your five offensive linemen that played Every single snap, 89 snaps. Um, and then your your right guard spot was 45 for one, 44 for the other. And those 44 for Savion Bird came mostly in the, you know, third and fourth quarter, right? So it's it seems as if, even with the injuries and ineffectiveness of a couple of guys, Josh, that they found some sort of you know, solid lineup. It's just can we consistently see that from Savion Bird? Hopefully this week is the answer that, yeah, you're, you're going to start seeing that consistently from right. Savion Bird. Yeah, into that game, the way they ran the football was, was pretty encouraging. Very promising. Not just uh, – I know we spent some time talking about Gavin Sanchuk this week. That was uh, a nice little emergence for, for Gavin. But Marcus Major had some big-time runs at the end of that game. So the run game in general, that, that's why they went and put those final two touchdown drives together. No, you're right. Uh, the and, and by the way, the low hanging fruit is hey, is is Gavin the guy, or you know how much will we see Tawi? Right? I mean, it's was what happened with Tawi Walker, one of those uh, just grown men talking that got a little carried away, uh, or something different. I don't know. Or and is it going to carry over? So we'll see him, you know, dressing on the sideline but not playing. Or is it one of those things, Josh, where they both? where they both kind of moved on from it, right? Where, where things, hey, I'm sorry. You know, sorry is a magical phrase, especially whenever you back it up with your actions. But to me, I'm, a, I'm really intrigued to see what Tawi Walker's role is Saturday. Well, the conditions lend themselves to Tawi being a big-time factor in sure. the football game. If not uh, early, then late when it's wet and it's cold, and it's windy, and there's a fraction of your mind that says, if you're the Jayhawks, man, how, how much do we care to go get this stop right now? Boom, here comes Tommy Walker downhill again and again. Right. And 
crack and boom and bang. So I can I can definitely see a situation where he's a serious, serious factor in this game late. Um, and then the other kind of in the weeds was just the physical play of the receivers. Now, I'm uh, I haven't got I, I didn't hear Ted or or Tyler talk about this yesterday. Um, or wait, was it Monday show? I didn't hear him talk about a Monday show. I didn't get to listen yesterday. But you know what does the what does the Kansas defense at the corner? Are they physical like what UCF and what we see from Kansas State? Or are they more, you know, well, they'll drop in his own coverages and you won't necessarily see him right there on the line trying to get physical with your guys? Because that kind of in the weeds question, will we see the Oklahoma receivers in what their coach, Emma Jones, wants to see be the more physical team? Will they be the team that, you know, doesn't struggle in getting separation or being open? So I think receiver play is something that's interesting to me as they still – you know, listen, Drake Stoops has been great. He, he had the most, I think, catches that he's had in his career on Saturday. Um, obviously, with what we've seen in the development of Nick Anderson and, and Jane Gibson so far, but Angelil Farouk, even though he wasn't used very much last week, Josh, I want to see how these receivers respond. I want to see what Oklahoma's wide receivers look like in the matchup Saturday and, and given the conditions that they'll see on Saturday too. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, an important detail would be nice to see Jalil Farouk show us that I can go catch something underneath, make a guy miss, and go make a big play yards after the catch. Oklahoma needs a couple of guys to do that. This uh, again, the conditions. I keep coming back to it. It it Petaway. I mean, somebody like that, Freeman. I mean, could those guys catch underneath and make some moves and and make some big plays in this game? It could again conditionally sort of set itself up for that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, it is uh, 9.30 on the ref. Let's get to the phones. 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's going on? True Sooner, welcome to the show. True, how are you, bud? Gone, Christopher. Another beautiful day. It's uh, beautiful. Well, I think it's going to be beautiful. It looks like it's trying to rain again, but the forecast is positive. So, so you know, I think back to OU football, my earliest, uh, you know, recollections of of, of – OU football was about 74 when I was like eight years old or whatever. And, you know, these problems, first of all, the Kansas OU rivalry, uh, the, it was a at one point it was the longest uninterrupted oldest rivalry in the country until they started splitting them up, you know, in the division. Um, so I had played more times between, I guess, like you said, 1903. Is that when it started, something like that? Yeah, that's the first um, time they. The first time that they hold on, I got it right here in front of me. The first time that they played each other, uh, yeah, it was nineteen oh three, and it was so so up until like ninety six, it was uninterrupted. So they had like you know ninety games in a row that were uninterrupted or something, you know, somewhere in that range. But my thing that I remember is you know, so I like I said I go back to about seventy four. So my first heartbreak, you know, was not Karen Barnes, it was <laughs> Roman Gabriel, you know. And uh, what they did in 75, you know, I mean, I, I still remember where I was at uh, during that 23 to 3 debacle in Norman, you know, and then, and, and the year after that, you know, they go to Kansas. And, and by the way, these are all, I don't know if they were all bad teams of Kansas, but they were all just either bad or, or really not any good. I mean, you know, I guess maybe that 75 team was decent. With Roman Gabriel, but I mean, no, they weren't, they were never you're, you're saying Nolan, Roland, Roman Gabriel. You mean Nolan Cromwell? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I'm Nolan Cromwell. Won't okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so, you know, and then 76, they go to Kansas, and they're tied up late in the game, and uh, Cumbie has to intercept the ball to run it back for a touchdown to kind of give them, you know, just to give them a little room, you know, and they end up winning by two. And then in 78, they go there. They go there in 78, and OU's ranked number one in the country, and Kansas isn't ranked, and Kansas is throwing in the end zone uh, for a two-point conversion to win the game. They didn't get it, and the game ends up 17-16. to 16. I mean, Troy Aikman, his first year, they go to Kansas, and I think OU's either ranked one or two, and they lose by 17 points to Kansas. So, I mean, there's been a lot of, weird, like you said, weird stuff just – Kansas has played. Kansas has been a thorn, even though OU's won seventy-five percent of the games. They've not always been what they've looked like the last since Stoops has been there. It's been. It's it, it, the reason I brought it up off the top of the show is because it's like one of those sneaky long rivalries in this in this league uh, for for this program that. Like you said, true. Until the Big Twelve went to divisions, it was one of the longest current streaks of, of playing every year between two teams. One of the longest consecutive series in college football. One sided, right? Incredibly one sided, but right. just it's a team that's always on your schedule, right? And so it's just yeah. it's going to be yeah. weird when they're not. Yeah, I mean, and so anyway, so yeah, it, you know, and, and and of course, you know, of course, with the uh, with the Gary Gibbs era, there was a couple. I think there was a couple of losses in there, so. Just a weird kind of it, – it's just one of those – this is kind of where that, uh, you know, trading the jersey kind of feel like, man, this – you know, this is the first time we've played one of the old Big 8 teams this year on the on the last year of this of this tour or whatever you want to call it. So this is where it gets kind of – it gets not sentimental, but it gets kind of nostalgic when you go, man, I've been to, I've been to Lawrence a bunch, and this, this might be it for my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, no, we got, I, I hear you. you. You know what I mean? It's just kind of nostalgic. No, all right, man. I appreciate your phone call. All right, man, see you. All right, man. In by the way, Iowa State was one of those teams that's been in the same league with Oklahoma forever. But like True was saying, this is the first time you've gone on the road to one of those places, right? The only, the only Sooner road trips so far in conference play have been what Cincinnati, which, gosh, I don't even try to think back off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know if they'd ever played at Nippert because when they went, they played at the the home of the Bengals, and then you know you. You went on the road for OU Texas, so yeah, it's 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 different. It's different, weird, right? To think that a place you've gone a lot, you won't go back. Uh, good stuff on the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line to get things going early. In fact, I did laugh from for this one. It said, "Dang man, True is old. No wonder he calls. He doesn't know how to text." Now stop, 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 stop. It's not that old. It's not that old. He still texts in every so often. Yes, I can. We can confirm he does, in fact, text the show. Five eight zero Nate did want to confirm that it was Peter Gabriel you were thinking of. <laughs> now Roman Gabriel was an all time great college football player, but I think he played like at North Carolina State. <laughs> it's like when he kept saying Roman Gabriel, I was like, "What is that right?" <laughs> I, I, like in my mind, I was like, "I thought it was Nolan Cromwell." Um, <laughs> Guy from Parts Unknown says uh, Troy didn't play Kansas. We were undefeated when Troy got hurt in the Miami game. I think that's what he said, isn't it? Or did, when he said Troy's team, I think I think everyone understands the reference is that was the year that Troy got hurt. You might be right. You might be right. Uh, Shark, the picture of little Joe jumping the KU player 
in the southwest corner was taken during the 23-3 loss in 75. One of the most iconic pictures in Oklahoma football history with, with Joe Washington leaping over a KU defender was in a loss. Oh, there, there's some memories there. There's some memories there. But beyond that, you all have takes on things you're looking forward to and maybe even disagreements on how you think some dudes played last week. So let's dive into that next. It's Plank Show. We're at Cavens Emergency Response, CavensGroup.com on a Thursday right here on The Ref. Do you know, it's kind of funny. Um, when, True, when True mentioned Troy Aikman and Kansas, I, everyone freaked out on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And then Mason Jar Revival reminds everyone, guys, 1984, Aikman's first game when Danny Bradley was hurt, 28-11 Kansas. Sit down, younglings. <laughs> yeah, um, Danny Bradley got hurt. It was his only game as a true freshman, and he started. So there is all kinds of history between OU and Kansas, even involving the Golden Hammer, Troy Aikman. Um, do you want to hit some of these texts? Let's do it. You good back there? Everyone leaving you alone today, letting you do your show, or has it been Grand Central Station today? Is it good? <laughs> it's pretty pretty relaxed. Okay. 28-11, uh, yeah, 84 was a loss. 84 was an L, and Troy Aikman started that game. And then was supposed to be the dude, and then he broke his leg. 5-0 and 1 Oklahoma came in ranked number two, lost to 2-5 two and five Kansas. We don't need that this weekend. No, no, no. Well, this the, would be the reverse of that because they're five and two. Oh, there you go. Um, Blank, Josh, love the show. I have a question. Do you remember why Kansas was so so salty towards Baker in 2017? I can't remember why they chose violence that day. I don't think there was ever an explanation for it. Nope. There was no reason. There was no reason at all except that they wanted to set a tone and the one thing that was wild about that day is um it was teddy's birthday (laughs) it was teddy's birthday what a gift happy birthday ted ou won that game 41 to 3 there was there was no reason given (laughs) as to why and I still, to this day, haven't seen that again. Oklahoma struggled early on, right? I think it was like a seven-zip game at the end of the first quarter. Uh, then they put 14 on the board in the second. It was pretty much ball game. N- neither team could do too much offensively because it was so windy, which is wild that Oklahoma put 41 points on the board that day. But, no, man, I appreciate the text, but I don't have an answer. And I remember – when we were walking off, I, I know the Kansas sideline guy pretty well, and he kind of gave me one of those looks, and I'm like, yeah, dude, what just happened there? <laughs> I mean, we're standing right next to each other, and the next thing you know, it's like, they're not shaking hands. All right, this is uh, this is not good. There's no reason. I don't even re- I, I don't even remember that if they they were a one-and-nine football team at that point. Yeah. One-and-nine. It was their first game on ESPN, so maybe that was part of it. I don't know, because they hadn't played on ESPN all season long. I don't know, dude. I just, it's it's just one of those moments I'll never forget, Josh. And I think it lives in like Sooner in Kansas lore forever. The day they didn't shake hands. I mean, it had to have just been 
one of the captain's ideas, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, and I think n- he, there's no way David Beatty's like, hey, go out there and don't shake their hands. Right. Let me see. Who was it? Um, I don't remember Aqib Tlaib. Oh, I, I put 2007. <laughs> Aqib Tlaib was awesome at KU, <laughs> I was by like, the way. I was I looking down. I, I had I had put down 2017 Kansas football captains, and when Aqib Tlaib popped up, I was like, I don't remember him being out there. Yeah, he and Chris Harris, <laughs> uh, incredible duo back there. But, yeah, they were not on that team. All right, let me move on before I say something else stupid. Uh, from the 785, as an OU fan who lives in Lawrence for 17 years, I'm very saddened by the last conference visit. The exchange is traveling to Mizzou, and we all hate the Tigers in Columbia. Fun fact for you, Josh, I've never been to a Missouri football game. I've traveled through Columbia. I've never been on that campus. I grew up with my family uh, and all my friends being either Illinois or Missouri or Notre Dame fans, but I never I, – I've been to the Show Me Showdown, but I've never been to anything on the Missouri campus, so that excites me. Vinny Paul, OU has performed exceptionally well compared to their opponents in four areas this season. Success on third and six or greater. Touchdowns in the red zone, average starting field position, and points off turnovers. And it's funny because in all of those numbers, right, you can think of the moments when that didn't go well for them and how a game was tight and how it went well for them and how that helped win a football game, right? Average starting field position, I mean – it was incredible against UCF this weekend, so that ended up being a little bit tighter than usual because TD's in the red zone. Think about Cincinnati, Josh. Average starting field position was a nightmare for Oklahoma in that game. But success on third and six or greater, they were converting them. Do you know what I'm working on, Vinny Paul? I don't know if that was uh, if you got all those from Bill Conley or I would love to. Are those PFF numbers that go a little bit more in-depth on that? I started working on how good OU was on first down because I saw a lot of you grinching about it, a lot of us, the royal we, I shouldn't just point a finger, from Saturday. And it's um, it's been a roller coaster a bit this year. Oklahoma, there's been games where pretty consistently second and five or less, and then there's been games where you're second and seven, second and eight, second and nine. Meanwhile, and- Kansas uh, not good. Third down defense. 107th nationally in that category. They're basically, it's a little bit under that, but they're basically 50% of the time giving up third down conversions, 40 of 90. And, uh, oh, by the way, KU is dead last in red zone defense as well. Those Bill Connolly advanced numbers for KU are pretty wild, man, pretty wild. And, and then here's two, here's two that are a, a little bit, I don't want to say different, but just have a different perspective on our right guard slash offensive line conversation. Sooner Gundy writes, it looked like it took the defense getting end of the game wore out for the O-line to start pushing them around last week. Fair. And then the Sooner Andy, Caleb Schaefer actually looked pretty good early. After he got a knock and missed the extra point, he struggled from that point uh, on after re-entry. Oh, whenever he wasn't on, 
when he oh when he when he wasn't on the field because that was that moment where uh, actually McCain with Toyer came in and was the the guard on that the field goal play extra point play excuse me yeah he got knocked and got hurt uh, but Andy yeah, that being said Bird looked great but we have seen that before can he keep it going this time I don't have a problem with either one of those perspectives on what it took for the OU offensive line to get going. But I will say <laughs> this is one of those situations Saturday where you you should be able to name your number running the football. And the key word there is should. There's not a Lonnie Phelps either coming off the edge. I mean, it's pretty good secondary, but running the football, Josh – Based on all the advanced numbers and analytics, this should be a game where Oklahoma can name its rushing yardage number. Should, right? Yeah, sure. uh, on paper, that, that would be your indication, sure. All right, quick break. When we come back, um, there's a couple of other things around college football we need to touch upon real quick before we get into what we learned from Coach's Corner next right here on The Ref. All right, it's, it's, a, it's a Thursday that's rolling. I mean, just absolutely flying by. You do have some NFL tonight. Bakes playing tonight. Bucks and the Bills. That should be fun. Um, it, it was weird yesterday, Josh, that we didn't have anything, anything new on Skygate, which everything has to have a gate on the end of it. Stan's gate. But we did. <laughs> did you come up with that? Oh yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> because it really is just some stand that's out there doing all this on his own, according to Michigan right now, right? Right. Uh, um, but I'm very – here's the one thing I need to figure out, okay? Is the NCAA or is the Big Ten doing this investigation? Because I kind of thought everyone was working in conjunction with each other, and it's the wildest thing I'd ever seen. And I, I was listening last night to Andy Staples and – Ralph Russo talk about it on the uh, on three podcast and on uh, Ralph's podcast, and then Josh, I read this morning from Adam Rittenberg that the Big Ten can initiate its own investigation under the sportsmanship policy. So what I'm going to have like five different investigations <laughs> going on at the same time here? Is that what's going on? Nah, that's not what we found in our investigation. <laughs> How could Michigan? How could they? And, and again, I'm still kind of torn on on how I feel about this, right? Bob Stoops was hot about it, right? He was mad. I don't blame him. But in that same vein, it's like I'm almost just absolutely cracking up, Josh, on the whole Michigan side. It's like, yeah, he did that, Rogue. We didn't use any of that information. Okay. <laughs> All right. Literally, we have him on film standing right next to the coordinator, letting him know what he's seeing from the signals, but you guys didn't use any of that? And so this guy's just gone rogue on everything. And and the AI Jim Harbaugh almost got me last night. Did you see that that made the rounds? No, but uh, I'm sure it was great. Because it was like it was really well done on the tweet. It's like Jim Harbaugh speaks. And as it starts, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. And then all of a sudden he says, and I just want everyone to know I'm not really that good of a coach. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Stupid AI. <laughs> it got me. 
Uh, was it Heaven's FX that put it together? I think it was. I think it was. Man, he's he knows how to keep going back to that well. Well, he does. Meanwhile, there is, uh, I guess you've got your starting quarterback back in 2024, Josh and Cade McNamara. He's coming back. Yeah. Picking right back up where we left off, which was zero points against Penn State. Speaking of coming back, Lincoln Riley was back at practice yesterday, according to uh, Lincoln, he was treated for pneumonia that uh, led to the USC head coach missing the uh, weekly coaches show. So he's better now. This speed better. And uh, I guess the other thing that's happening is you're starting to get a groundswell of coaches that are pushing for headset communication. Are we reaching a point, Josh, where receivers – and the headset are going to be a reality in college football? Maybe so. All right, when we come back, what did we learn from Coach's Corner? There's a quick trip around college football brought to you by Cavens Group on the ref.